Hi, girlies. Welcome back to another episode of the Glow Up Secrets podcast. My name is Alicia, the host of the Glow Up Secrets podcast, where I help you expand your mind and become more self-aware so that you can glow up into the best version of yourself. What's up, girlies? I hope everyone is doing okay today. Another Sunday. We're getting what we've already gotten through the week, depending on when you're listening to this. Maybe you're not listening to this on a Sunday, but... I am happy to be here for another week on the podcast. Guys, I also did drop my second YouTube video. So if you haven't gone to my YouTube yet, hit that subscribe button. Let your girl know that you're here and you're watching and you're with me. I posted a Sunday reset vlog. I feel like this actually ties in a lot to what we're going to talk about today in the podcast episode. I talked a lot about just learning how to meal plan and prep and how to how I personally eat a little bit more intuitively now and I touched on the relationship that I have with food and I did grocery hauls and all of that kind of stuff. So you're interested in my day-to-day and how I'm eating and healthy food tips and wellness and stuff through the lens of mental health. But anyways, today we're going to be talking about how I stopped binge eating and dieting through self-love and self-acceptance practices. Now, was it just learning to love myself and accept myself? Did I Was that the reason for me to stop binge eating? No, I did a lot of self-discovery and a lot of understanding of why I was doing it in the first place. But nonetheless, I really want to talk about my story. I think it's something that I've talked about it a little bit on my Instagram before in a caption, but that's about it. Not many people around me know how severe it even was, except for my mom. And I want to talk about that. So before we get into my story and how I got out of binge eating in this unhealthy relationship that I had not only with food, but with myself, I do obviously just want to give a disclaimer here. If this is something that is going to really trigger you and you don't want to be listening to this type of stuff, of course, this is not the podcast for you. But I do think it's really, really helpful if you struggle with binge eating or if you just have an unhealthy relationship with food or you're dieting all the time and you're falling off and you're, you're the type of girl or guy that's starting on Monday. I was like that. I was so like that. And if that is you, I think this story could really help you. I also want to mention I am not a therapist and I am not a dietitian or a eating disorder therapist or anything like that. So if you really struggle with this kind of stuff and you can't get out of this cycle, I really, really hope that you will go and seek out the help that you need because there is a life after having this unhealthy relationship with food, but sometimes it's very, very difficult for you to get out of. So that's why I would always like to say, like, if you really need that help, please go and get it. So like I said, I have been wanting to talk about this for a long time. Now, I had a consultation with somebody uh, uh, last week and we had touched on the topic of binge eating and it really kind of brought me back to my own story. So that kind of sparked my interest of, you know what, let me make a whole podcast episode of my story and how I got out of this unhealthy relationship with food. So in order for you to understand where I'm at right now, which is I eat intuitively, I listen to my body, I eat healthy, I'm so in tune and in touch, I focus so heavily on my mental health, all of that kind of stuff. I'm in the best place in terms of my self-worth, self-love, the relationship that I have towards food. I need to bring you back to where it all first started and map it out for you and see what was going on. So at a very young age, I was obsessed with candy. I was obsessed to the point where like that's all I was thinking about. My earliest memories as a child and even all throughout my life, the theme and what brings me back to a memory most of the time, I was eating some sort of candy. I always thought about candy. I always wanted it. I was very, very shy as a young child as well. So I felt like I was always thinking about wanting candy and asking for people for it if I was like at, uh, if I was getting babysat or if I was around my mom or just like anyone. But because I was so deathly like shy, I feel like it consumed me even more because I really wanted it and I knew how that was going to make me feel, but I was also scared to ask for it a lot. So I just feel like 
a lot of my memories, I was very, very consumed about just wanting candy. And looking back, just realizing how much of that dopamine kick that I was getting from candy was really, really filling a void within me. Now, did I know at the time what that void was? Absolutely not. I just knew that that made me feel not as lonely. I was a kid who... I grew up in a by myself as a single child. I have I have sisters and, and a brother, but we are half sister we're half siblings, so we never actually lived in the same home together. So I was very I was very lonely a lot of the times. My mom worked a lot, and I'm sure you guys know my story with my father. He was very emotionally distant. Very I I, I spent a lot of time with him, but I was always alone. Like I always felt very very alone. And so if I had candy, I knew that I was going to feel something. So, but I didn't know that at the time, of course. This was something that was a part of my life for so long, from a young child all the way up into, I mean, until I stopped binge eating, but even like all the way through elementary school, all the way through high school, so many memories of just me just focusing on candy or sweets or just like food, but mainly it was sweets. There was a point around, I was in grade eight and I got sick and I lost a lot of weight. I got to the point where I was like 80 pounds which was way too small for like my height and my age at that time. I have photos of myself. I literally look like a skeleton because I was so tiny and we didn't know what was going on. Like I just got sick one week and then by the end of the week I was going to the hospital and they realized that I actually had a hyperactive thyroid. And if anyone who has dealt with thyroid issues, there's kind of two sides of the coin. You can have a hyperactive thyroid where your your metabolism is, is moving way too quickly. It's burning absolutely every type of calorie that you're putting in your body and then you lose a lot of weight. And of course, there's also very bad symptoms that come with just weight loss. So don't think it's like an awesome thing to have. It's absolutely not. You can get really, really sick from it. And on the flip side, you can have an underactive thyroid where you're basically um, putting on a lot of weight and your metabolism is very slow. So I had the hyperactive thyroid. So not only did I already have the addiction to eating a lot of candy all the time, when I got sick, I got got put on medication to kind of even things out, but it took a long time for me to even like get my health back. But that whole time I was eating so much and I was I was never full. And so that actually made my dependency on candy even stronger because I could eat so much of it and I still wasn't gaining a lot of weight and I still didn't even feel full. And so I feel like that just made my situation even worse. Now, when I got that under control and I got on medication, I started gaining my weight back, but I still had these eating habits, the habits of, oh, I can eat freaking 10 donuts from Tim Hortons and not gain a pound. And the thing is, it's not like I had this normal, healthy, balanced relationship that one might have before even getting sick. So when I was actually healthy, I was still very dependent on that dopamine kick that I got from candy and sweets. So as you can imagine, from grade eight, moving into grade nine, into high school, what happens in high school? You start to really care about what your body looks like, right? And at that point, I was gaining weight back. But I also still had these eating habits, so it was making me gain a lot more weight back than I would have normally gained back if I wasn't eating the way that I was eating. I started seeing all the girls in my school and how small they were and all the attention that they were getting. And now I want to preface that I wasn't very, very, I wasn't obese. Like I wasn't like crazy. If you saw photos of me, you would have, you would have seen that I was a lot bigger than I am now, but I wasn't like really, really big or anything, but I still, I felt so uncomfortable with my body. You know, you're in, when you're in high school, like everything fits weird and you're just like so self-conscious and you just, you don't have any confidence in yourself. And then of course, like if your body doesn't look like all the other girls' bodies that are wearing like double zero Hollister shorts and you can't wear it in the summer, that weighs on you. And on top of that, I got really, really into Tumblr. I don't know if any OGs that are listening to me right now know what Tumblr is or used to have a tumbler and my tumbler was all about beach vibes and beach girls and girls in Florida and girls with the long hair tan skin literally that was the name of my URL it was like long hair tan skin or something like that every day after school I would be going on there and reblogging reposting photos I was obsessed I still am so obsessed with like Florida and the ocean vibes and everything like that but of course what that did to my mental health and, and what I how I looked at myself did not help. And so this is where I started realizing 
yeah, I want to lose weight. I want to have a body like these girls. And I started doing those like monthly little challenges where you get some pre-made workout plan on the internet. This is when Instagram first just came out and I had no idea what I was doing. Literally, I had no education around eating. My mom fed me pretty well as a child. Like she knew what she could know in terms of food and to not eat a lot of sugary foods and things like that. She did a very good job at that and she ate pretty healthy herself. But still, what we thought was healthy back then was not that healthy. (laughs) And of course, it kind of just has to do more with like portioning and just like how much of it you're eating and everything like that. And so I didn't really have much education. So I just did the best that I can. I'm pretty sure the first diet I ever started was Atkins diet, where you just ate like a bunch of protein and like vegetables. And I had salads with a bunch of grapes and raspberry vinaigrette dressing, thinking that that was going to solve all my problems and that I was going to look like a Tumblr girl. Like that was the life. But this is really where my emotional dependency on food that I had from a young child moved to binge eating because now I really wanted the body that I didn't have and I was going to do anything that I could to get that body which meant to restrict the food that I was eating to restrict the emotional dependency that I had on food and I was very unaware that I even really had that emotional dependency I just thought that that was just a part of me like I really loved sweets all I could think about was sweets all the time I didn't really nobody told me like that was bad I was it was very secretive type thing like I didn't really know and so this is where it turned from and this is where I really think that it starts off, not always, but in my case, it started off as an emotional dependency on a specific food for a specific problem. I was filling a void because I was, I felt lonely a lot of the times in my childhood, a lot of traumas, a lot of things in my life. And then on top of that, now making it worse and it's going into binge eating because now I'm restricting the part of me that needs the food and I'm telling myself, you can't have that food. And so, of course, I'm sure you guys know, every time you start a diet that's really restrictive, what happens? You go on it for a week, and then you fall off of it, and then by the weekend, you are overeating. You're eating way more than what you would even normally eat. So I would say this was all going on around year 10, like in grade 10, 11, I really started to become very self-conscious and very aware of my body. And I started to learn like, oh, I could probably like manipulate my body and change it by the way that I was eating and stuff. And a lot of things that I did, it did help a little bit. My, I did actually lose some weight just by like walking to school and changing up some of my food, but I still... I was still struggling because I had this emotional dependency. Every weekend I'd want to have donuts from Tim Hortons, but it would be like excessive amounts of things. And it would get even more excessive the more that I told myself that I couldn't have it. And this is where the P-U-R-G-I-N-G started happening. I don't want to say the word because I don't know if like podcasts will cut my stuff. I don't know. (laughs) But that is when I realized that I couldn't stop eating But I also wanted the body so badly that I would do anything for that. So the easiest way for me was to do to go into the washroom after I was done eating a lot of food and and do that, which that started end of high school, basically. And I... I remember when I used to do that, I would feel so terrible about myself, but I just, I didn't even know where that was going to lead me in. I didn't even know what rabbit hole I was even getting down by doing that. So as time went on... I ended up going to college and at this point I was, I wouldn't say I was at my dream body because you're never satisfied with your body and your appearance when you're in this type of state. So I definitely wasn't and I was still doing these crazy, not crazy, but these unhealthy eating patterns and I was just, I was so, I felt so ashamed of myself and I just felt like I was in such a big insane cycle but I I brought these habits with me to college now by college I like I said I I was like at a better weight and you know that's when I started getting more attention more attention from guys more attention even from girls I was able to wear a lot of the clothes that I wanted to wear for so long even though I still was not happy with my body like at all like at all and then I started getting more into fitness and health and I feel like 
the way that I got into fitness and health just made everything even worse because I became more strict on myself. I learned how to I learned that you needed to count calories and you needed to count macros and you had to be really strict on yourself. So the more strict that I was being on myself, what would happen? That emotional urge to want to eat because from childhood, that's what I've been doing without even realizing that that's what I've been doing would just make everything so much worse for me. This is where also my self-hate really started to kick in. I think that... Of course, you go through high school and you go through that period of not really loving your body or yourself. You're you're learning yourself, things like that. But I think that over the years of me trying to diet and trying to get to a specific outcome and me not getting it and then also feeling so much shame around how I was eating and starting to really realize as you grow up, you get smarter, right? So you kind of, you start to realize like this is not normal. Like my friends aren't doing this. Well, at least... They weren't telling me that they were doing this. And like I, I see my mom and she's not eating this way. Like it's it starts to it starts to really weigh on you. And this is really where I I truly I hated everything about my internal world. And what I mean internal world is like what was going on in my head and my thoughts at all times. I was so obsessed with food and I would think about it all of the time and I didn't even know how I was going to go out and have a social life. I stopped having really a social life because all I cared about was going to the gym and changing the way my body was, but then getting nowhere because I felt like every other day I was like overeating because I could not hit macros or eat in a calorie deficit for long enough to even do that. And it was just, it's it's so sad looking back because (laughs) if I were to show you photos of my body, I looked amazing. I literally looked amazing. Now I will say my body kind of looks the same now, which is insane to me because I was doing so much strict dieting, but this is where it really started to weigh on me and realizing just how much I hated my internal environment and what was going on. So to make my story even more complicated, after I came back from college, and again, this timeline is very weird because I'm not giving you specific dates and stuff like that because we don't, it's not that relevant. But I, at some point I came back from college and life went on for a bit. Again, I was still living this whole like binge eating, trying to diet, going back to it, getting nowhere, really, really hating myself. I got diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. And if anyone who doesn't know what that is, it's basically an autoimmune disease. And so what do you think? A perfectionist like me, somebody that was super obsessed with their health and their appearance... What do you think that I did? I went on the internet and I looked up every single healthy diet you could possibly do to try and help people with ulcerative colitis. Now, I want to mention here that there is no specific diet that is going to cure or has been proven necessarily to be beneficial to every single person who has UC, which is basically IBD. And so, but unfortunately I did not know that. I just got diagnosed basically one day and then I was kind of told to take some medication and that's that. So me trying to really fix, trying to really make everything perfect and control my my body because that's really all I could control. Everything was going on around me that was just so out of my hands. If you listen to one of my past episodes about... I, I lived in a trap house at one time and my my mom was going through so much uh, her own stuff and I was just, everything was a mess. And so I was really trying to focus on my internal world, but it was too much. And so I started to learn that I needed to eat all the anti-inflammatory foods and I had to get the most expensive products and supplements and everything. I spent so much money. I was going to naturopaths. I was doing everything. Basically, I was getting into debt, okay, because I was so obsessed. And But the thing is, I want to show myself some, some compassion here. And even anyone in this situation where, let's say you have a health issue and you're trying to seek help, send compassion to yourself because really and truly, you're just trying to fix the situation the best way that you know how. But with that came 
triggering more binging because what would happen was I would tell myself, okay, I'm going on this dairy free, gluten free, no sugar, no anything. And I would, I would create so much fear within me because I I would tell myself like, if I eat dairy, I'm literally going to have a flare up and I'm going to be in the hospital. So, you know, all of these stories, all of this stuff from the internet, all of this stuff that I was putting on myself, but what would happen? Because I still had this emotional dependency on candy, on food, on sweets. And I was restricting myself so hard. Of course, my body was going to go right back to those sweets. I couldn't control it. And then, of course, I would try and get rid of that in my body. And then I was telling myself I was doing it for health reasons. Well, the only reason why that I'm going to get this out of my body right now is because I need to make sure that no bad food sits in my stomach and gets me more sick and creates any type of flare up, which is insane to me if you think about it. But that was the mindset that I was in. And this is the mindset I was in for a very long time. So there was a lot of components of my internal environment when it came to this unhealthy relationship that I had with food. Now I can go into a lot more stories and specifics and details, but I don't think it's really needed. I think if somebody who is dealing with binge eating or any form of unhealthy relationship with food, you already know, you're probably very aware of every day, every week or weekends or when you're going to the store and you know exactly what you're doing and what you're going to buy and when you're going to eat it and all of these things. I It consumes you. It absolutely consumes you. And I mean, I will, I'll tell you from experience just how much that, that took me away from reality. I was living in my head at all times, thinking about what I was going to eat, when I was going to eat it, how that was going to impinge on my my progress. Did I need to bring that back up? Because if I didn't, then I wouldn't get my body that I really wanted to. And it was just, it was such a cycle and it was so unhealthy. So as you guys can tell, there was an emotional dependency on food from the get-go. And that had to do with My inner child learning how to soothe in the best way that she knew how. She was trying to soothe that feeling, that emptiness of feeling alone, of feeling emotionally distant from a parent. That was the only way that I knew how to cope. I found candy that made me feel good. But there was another part of me, another part of myself that was around the teenage years into high school where... I wanted love. I wanted attention. I wanted affection. I wanted acknowledgement. I wanted to be a part of the friend groups. And when social media came about, I wanted to be just like the other girls. And with Tumblr, I wanted to be like them. So there was a real big internal battle going on within myself that I was very, very unconscious to. I didn't know why I was emotionally eating and eating sweets. And I also didn't actually know what I was trying to get through changing my body. Like on a surface level, I knew I wanted a body because everyone else had this summer body. But that was really the extent of it. I was very unaware of why deep down I wanted the body and what that would really get me. And this is going to bring you more into the realm of understanding parts within you or your shadow self, or your inner child. If you're not familiar with this work, I would really suggest that you look it up. No Bad Parts by Richard Schwartz. You can go and Google Teal Swan, and she talks about parts work, all of these things. So there's a lot of parts within you that are doing a lot of things for different reasons. So like I had mentioned, there was my inner child, the part of me that learned how to suppress an emotion by eating food. And then there was also another part of me that really wanted love. So I tried to do that through appearance-based things. But here's something that I want to talk about when it comes to self-sabotage. When I got to the point where I started to hate myself because I was like, why can't I stick to a diet? I was getting pissed off at myself for binging and overeating and doing all these things all the time and then just starting a diet on Monday, what was really going on was this. My inner child, because it learned how to cope by eating food and soothing, my inner child thought that it was protecting me. What my inner child was trying to do was actually protect me from the feeling of isolation and emotional distance from a father, all of these things through 
food. So when you think about yourself and your emotional drive to eat a specific food or any any type of addiction, really, it's important when you're doing this healing work when, and when it comes to parts work to understand that it's not actually sabotage. Your part is trying to protect you the best way it knows how. Your part is stuck at an age where it learned how to cope, which is for me was like at the age of six. So at the age of six, do you really know logically the best, healthiest way to cope or soothe? Absolutely not. Especially when you don't have parents around you to explain or, or give you the tools to do so. So of course, your young self is going to, as, as smart as it can be, try to find something to cope. For me, it was the sweets. So to stop looking at yourself as if I hate myself so much, all I do is self-sabotage. Like, why do I have to keep going back to um, crappy diets or eating this way? The first step of understanding what is really even going on here is to realize that self-sabotage is not actually sabotage and it's actually protection. Because if you see your part that is doing it that way, it can be more helpful and beneficial to actually work through this type of stuff that's going on within you. So it's very important for you to kind of see, at least within my story, that I had a protector part being my young self that was trying to do it the best it can. But this is also where we go wrong. So let's say we know that I have a part within me that is soothing through overeating. Okay, now I'm aware of it. So why can't I get it to change? Think about it though. This part of you will do absolutely anything to suppress the feeling of making you feel alone. This inner child part of you does not want you to feel these emotions. And it also doesn't know how else to cope. So for you... Another part of you, your logical part, let's say your ego, wants to tell the part of you that is coping or soothing through eating, okay, I get that you're doing this, but you need to change. Do you really think this part of you is going to just change overnight? This part of you has deeply held beliefs, and all it wants is for you to be protected. And what I was doing was not even acknowledging, first of all, that this part within me was protecting me this way because I didn't even know, but I wasn't even acknowledging it. I wasn't even sitting with it. I wasn't even understanding it. Instead, what I would do was, I hate you. I don't know why you're sabotaging, but you're sabotaging. We're starting a diet on Monday. That's what I would do every single time. So how are you supposed to have this internal dialogue, this internal relationship, or create a healthy, trusting relationship with parts within you if you are not even, if you're running away from them, if you're saying, no, we're starting on diet on Monday, I don't care. And you have to remember, like, your ego is, let's say, the age that it's at right now, which is basically you, but you have an inner child part that does not understand that eating the sweets is probably not the most helpful thing for you anymore. It might have been at the time, which this is why your inner child is actually much more smarter than you ever think, but it's not helpful now. It needs to actually understand why. And to do that, parts work really helps with that because you can actually have a conversation with this part and get it to see things differently. And this is why I talk about parts work so much. Now, obviously there's other ways that you can do this. This is why I do think that Learning how to intuitively eat can be helpful for people who are in this stage. Now, I do understand that it can be hard for people to learn how to intuitively eat because I think the problem with learning how to intuitively eat after dieting for so long and binging is you're still not having this dialogue in within you. Like you're still very, un- a lot of people are still very unaware of why they are dieting or binging in the first place. And I mean, really getting to that root as to where, and even then some people might know why they overeat, but they still don't want to do the work and try and work through that trauma in the first place. And instead just try the next new diet, which will help them again, get to that end goal of them wanting something for their own ego, for their own part of them that just wants a specific outcome. I think if you are going to take anything away from this podcast episode, it's going to be that if you want to work with this part of you that is overeating, 
or binging or doing any type of self-sabotaging behavior that you think is self-sabotaging. I use that word, but it's really not self-sabotage. It's to reparent this part within you without the outcome that you want it to have. Because if you decide that, okay, fine, I know that my inner child needs me to sit with it. Okay, fine, I'll sit with it. But for how long? Like for how long is this going to take? And, you know, we need to get places and we need to go places and our body needs to be like this eventually. So I'll sit with you, but only if you change. That's where you go wrong. It's hard for you to sit with that part of you and let it have that space without any desired outcome. But that is so key when it comes to healing any part within you. When it really comes to reparenting or anything is to sit with yourself or that part of you without any pressure or desired outcome. Because if your inner part thinks that you're only sitting there just so that it can change, you think it's going to change? You have to remember that even though this part might have picked up this behavior from a very young age, it's very, very smart. You are built to survive and protect yourself. So you have parts within you that will do absolutely everything. And if you're the type of person that says one thing but does another thing, you really think there's going to be parts within you that are going to trust you? No. And this is why it's so important to do this type of work because literally you build so much self-trust within you. If your inner child trusts you, girl, you can do so much if your inner child truly trusts you. But I also want you to take away one more thing that's really important. You have to leave space as well for the part of you that wants the desired outcome because you want to have this internal relationship within you instead of having these opposing parts within you, right? One that wants one thing and one that wants another. You have to have some type of, not even agreement, but some type of dance, some type of relationship. So acknowledging your ego, acknowledging the person that you really identify as and allowing yourself the space to say, you know what, I do want love and and attention and, and validation. And yeah, part of that is going to come from the way that I look and that's okay too. Now, I think a lot of us struggle with how is it that I'm going to get my inner child what it needs, but also like what my ego needs, which is very hard. And I feel like it's a little bit harder for people who have relational trauma because you never learned really how to be in a healthy relationship regardless. And this is what it is. It's it's to have a relationship with these tw- between these two parts. But that's why I do think doing parts work or even doing it with a therapist can be very beneficial because you're learning how to have build this internal relationship within yourself. It's the most important relationship that you'll ever have is to acknowledge all aspects, all parts of you as valid. This is the thing. The 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 child within you that learned how to cope That is valid, but also the part of you that wants the Tumblr body or wants the attention, that's also very valid, but it's also to see why they want those in the first place and learning how you can give both parts what it needs in a healthier way. For me, one part really needed safety and non-isolation And another part of me really just needed a love, attention, and affection from people who were actually willing to give it to me and wanted to give it to me instead of me just trying to get that through a means of social media or something very service level. When you're very disconnected from your true wants and needs, the way that you end up getting these true wants and needs aren't necessarily the most healthy ways. But the more that you learn what you need and why you need them, You can consciously make this choice to get them in healthier ways from other people or even from yourself. Now, I want to let you know what helped me the most in terms of actually getting out of this binge eating cycle. Because I talked a lot about just inner child work just then and parts work and all that kind of stuff, which is very, very, very important. But I do want to give you a little bit more of just kind of seeing what I did This is the stuff that got me out of binge eating without even doing parts work. So I want to make this clear. like You don't have to do parts work. Um, This is just something that I think is very, very important for you to do with anything in your life. If you struggle with anything, really, that way you can really get that ingrained in your head when things come up. So here's a few things that really 
moved me away from the obsession of food and how my body looked and dieting. I obviously stopped focusing so much on my body image. Now, that was definitely hard, but I feel like I I had to stop I had to stop following so many people that reminded me how my body looked versus their bodies. I stopped hanging around people who really cared a lot about their their appearance. I stopped going out to places where it all it had to do with was your your looks, which was like the clubs, which I I went there a lot and I still love the club, but I have a different relationship with the club than I used to. When I would go, all of all it was about was like how good can I look and if I'm going to be accepted or if anyone's going to like me. And now I go and I'm just I mean, obviously I like to get ready and look good, but I'm just going to have a good time, baby. I don't really care, you know? So I really had to I had to I had to be aware of the people that I was around and the places that I was putting myself in because these are things that that are really going to either trigger you into caring about dieting and the way your body looks or not. So if you are someone who's really struggling with this, like think about your life, think about your friends, think about the places that you're you're going at every weekend. Are these really helping you or are they hurting you? I also had to stop counting calories. I learned a lot of about nutrition and food in general. So I kind of did trust myself with just learning how to eat healthy. Now, this took a very, very long time for me to stop actually dieting. I stopped counting calories for a long time, but then I would still count macros or I would still be very, very aware. And then I would go off of it for a bit and then I would kind of start a new diet and stuff like that. So it took a long time to do that. And I feel like it probably could have took me less time if I actually went to therapy and got the help that I needed like on a consistent basis. So this is just, again, my personal process that I did, but it did take me a long time, but I really had to step away from the counting calories and stuff. And I I focused more on the nutrition content of food and how it made me feel and what it did for me in terms of energy. I think that is very huge when I'm health coaching people is what can we focus on that as not just appearance-based or numbers-based versus how is this food making me feel? How is this allowing my skin to maybe look better or my digestion or just my energy in general or anything like that? Just more feeling-based goals. I also put an emphasis more on my social life in terms of just friends or building a life or a career, making money, things like that. Every I, I try to really, not even tried, I kind of just naturally went in the direction of focusing more on self-development, focusing more on working. Really, I did a lot of working, things like that, getting my head outside of just what I looked like. And once you actually have a life, like once you are working and stuff, you don't really have the time to obsess about everything that you're eating or how your body looks at all angles. You know, when, when your head is in a book or you're listening to a, a podcast about something that, had, that has nothing to do with nutrition or, or movement or anything like that, you know, so focusing on things outside of food and movement. I also started to become very aware of how many times I would tell myself I can live my life once I get the body. This was I, I my earliest memories of starting dieting when I was in high school was this. Every summer I would tell myself, or sorry, every winter I would tell myself I need to get a summer body. Like that was every year it was summer body, summer body, and then I would never get it. And then next year summer body or next year I'll wear that that piece of clothing or or next year maybe I'll have a boyfriend or next year I can go to the beach and wear a bikini. I really started to, it took me a while to do that, but I really started to catch myself on every time I would tell myself like I could live my life, but once I get that body, you are literally not living in reality if that's all you're thinking about is, oh, I'll be happy when, when I get this, that, and the third. And it takes a long time to work through that type of thinking, but it's so important that you start doing that because the amount of time and energy that you are wasting waiting for this specific body that you think you need to have in order to live the life that you want is really wasting so much of your life. And I am happy I didn't do it for the longest time, but I could tell you anytime that I did, I still lived my life, 
But the thing is, my mindset was still in the future. It was still, uh, okay, I'm experiencing this right now at the beach, but I'm not happy now, but next summer I'll be happy. And that, that just wastes your time. Like you only have one life. So those were a few things that I really had to start picking up and learning throughout the years that I was trying to stop binge eating so much. Now I was throughout that whole time, I was still doing it, but I was doing it a lot less, less and less. I was focusing more on my actual like health mentally and physically versus just appearance. I think that was the biggest shift that I had to make to actually get myself out of the binge eating cycle was to stop caring so much about how my body looked and what I look like in clothes. Like I was so hyper aware and so obsessed with that. And that's all that mattered because I was so stuck on that was going to be my answer to my problems. That was going to be the answer. I was going to have such a better life if I had this body, which that was such a narrative that was so twisted and it wasn't the, it was not, it wasn't reality. And it took me a long time to really move through that. But if you're in this journey right now, just, just know, I'm not trying to tell yourself it's going to take you forever because it really depends, but just know that you, you can live life right now, even if you are still moving through this, this binge eating, this struggle with food and stuff. I hope that you can commit to yourself and to your inner child that you're going to continue to work on this and learn yourself and learn why you're doing these behaviors. And over time, it you will you will catch yourself doing this less and less. And I, I want you to focus on the moments where you do catch yourself doing it less and less because that's when I started to realize like, oh, something is different. I'm actually healing. I don't even know. At this point, like I said, I wasn't doing this real deep inner child work, trauma work, anything like that. But I started to realize like the more that I focused less on my appearance and more on my mindset or more on just living in reality, there was there was more days in my week that I wasn't really focusing or obsessing about food. But it's to make that conscious awareness like I'm going to I'm going to work through this however long it takes me. And another thing that I want you to remind yourself whether that's you're struggling with a healthy relationship with food or not or anything, you're a multidimensional human being. You have many parts within you that want many different things. And the root of self-hate is the fact that there is so many different parts within you that want different things and none of them are on the same page and the part of you that you identify as, you hate on the parts of you that want something that's completely different. And it's important for you to acknowledge that there's parts within you that might be conflicting and to go into these parts and sit with them and understand them and trying to have this internal relationship. Because what will happen is they will all start to get on the same page, but you're not going to be able to get your parts on the same page if you don't allow them to have this space. If you don't go into this and make this conscious decision that, okay, you know what? This is my reality. I'm going to accept myself as a multidimensional human being. I have conflicting parts within me. I am contradictory sometimes. I want one thing and then I want another thing. I have so many different ranges of emotions. I have traumas I have to work through. I have healing I have to do, but I also am. I'm happy sometimes. I'm sad the other times. All of these things. You are so many things. And I think that's such a beautiful realization And something that might be scary to you in the beginning and frustrating because you probably might identify as just being one single person and wanting one thing, but you have to come to the realization that you have parts working within you at all times that want different things. And I talk about this a lot when it comes to manifesting. If you are not manifesting the things that you're trying to manifest in your life or you're not getting the things or the people that you really want in your life, I would take a very deep look at what's going on internally within you when it comes to these parts within you because these parts within you also hold an energy frequency. So not only what you're consciously thinking about are you going to attract in your life, but the parts of you that want other things, they're also attracting things in your life. People, places, circumstances, all of these things. And so it's it's really beneficial if you want to create the reality that you want to create or whatever you're trying to do in your life is to really look inwards. So I want to let you know where I'm at right now. I've talked about it a little bit in this podcast, but 
I have a completely different relationship with food. I think it took me about five to six years to really go through all of this process. Now, I'll tell you, if I had a therapist and I really knew what I knew now, it wouldn't take me this long. Remember, when I had this unhealthy relationship with food, the internet was just popping. And I really didn't have access the way that we have it now. And I feel like, and and no one was talking about binge eating. No one was talking about overeating, nothing like that. So I feel like if you're in a situation the way that I was, just know it probably will not take you that long. And especially if you have extra help. But anytime that I feel like I want to eat healthier, and I talked about this on my vlog, my past vlog that I just did. I really, I really move away from thinking about me going on a diet. Now, I've been talking lately about a self-love diet. That is probably the furthest that I'll ever go ever in my life. I will never go on a diet ever again. I won't do it. I won't go on restrictive diets. I don't, nothing. Now, I want to let you know, like I am very well versed in, in the field of nutrition and understanding food and and what's good for you and, and you know how to eat and I've learned what I like and what I don't and listening to my body has taken me a long time to learn how to intuitively eat and listen to my body and connect with my body. So I know that it's a lot easier said than done. I know that for a fact because it was hard at the beginning, but I just want to let you know, like that's where I'm at now and I allow myself to eat what I want when I want it. I am very compassionate to myself. I am very self-loving of myself. Even in the times where I eat something and I didn't necessarily want to eat that thing, I do not get down on myself and I do not get hard, hard on myself because you have to remind yourself, there is a part within you that will probably always want to move towards some type of piece of food or whatever your vice is in terms of an emotional dependency. That's not inherently a bad thing. I want you to understand that. Like emotional eating is a normal thing. And for us to demonize the fact that there's a part of us that might want a piece of chocolate when it's feeling overwhelmed is really at the end of the day way more damaging than to just have that piece of chocolate when you're overwhelmed. Now you want to be very cautious and understanding about yourself and why you're going to that chocolate in the first place but it's still not to de- demonize yourself when you do it. But if you want to get out of the cycle, if you're in that cycle, is to really discover why you're eating that piece of chocolate in the first place. So I focus so heavily on my mental health now, why I do the things that I do. I talk about it all the time on my TikTok. You guys know I, I really incorporate this type of thinking and mindset work when it comes to health coaching clients that are really struggling with learning how to love themselves and building a healthier relationship with food. And again, honoring the part of you that wants to look good, that wants to be healthy, whatever the reason is, there's going to be a part of you that wants to look good in a bikini or in your folders or whatever. It's to leave space and to show every part of you that they have inherent value and there's what they want is valid, but it's to work with each other and how can we get the best outcome for both of us. I think the best thing that I learned of this whole journey with my relationship with food and health and fitness and everything was I learned how to stop being the inner critic and start being the loving mother. And it's crazy because I talk about this a lot in my podcast episodes about reparenting and just like your traumas and how your earliest relationships in your life will be basically imprinted on you. You know, you you take a lot of traits from your parents on you. And I took the role of my father very, very strict and hard on myself. I took that role on me in so many aspects of my life, especially when it came to food and fitness and everything like that. And what I really needed to do in the moments and the times that I was dealing with all of this emotional healing, um, sorry, emotional eating was to take on the role of my mother. My mother is literally the most unconditional loving human being I've ever met. And she is so sweet, so kind, so loving, so accepting. And that's the type of relationship that I should have had on myself when I was going through this. And although we have been through so much, me and my mom, 
and she has had her stuff. You guys know. I've talked about it a lot. At the end of the day, I am I'm very blessed to have had that type of influence on me, although unfortunately, I did not take that role on myself for the longest time, but I'm learning how to do that now, and it's the most healing type of energy and love you could possibly give yourself. And with that said, I think I'm going to wrap up this episode. Now, if you listen to this episode and you want any further details when it comes to maybe how I went through this or that, you can totally DM me. My DMs are open on Instagram, the Glow Up Secrets podcast. Sorry, I always say that when I'm recording. <laughs> the Glow Up Secrets on Instagram. I know there's, 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 like I said, there's so many more things that I could talk about, but I just really wanted to kind of give you an understanding of what was going on. There was an emotional need for food, but there was also a need for validation and want. And there was just so many conflicting parts within me. And until I really released and surrendered, only then could I really heal my relationship with food. And that meant really focusing more on my mental health. And so if you have any questions, you can message me. Now, with this thinking and with my own experience going through this, this is the type of stuff that I like to bring into my health coaching. Now, I, again, I'm, I'm, if you really struggle with like an eating disorder, I don't work with people one-on-one with just that. This is just a part of my health coaching program. I like to bring this type of thinking into my program because I think it's very helpful. And so if you guys want to work with me, uh, you can send me a DM on Instagram and I'm going to be having my packages go live pretty soon on a website. But for now, if you want to, I have opened up my one-on-one coaching. So you can uh, message me for more details about that. But yeah, I think that's it for today, guys. I hope you enjoyed And yeah, I think this is a very, very, very big part of my wellness journey. And I struggled with this for so many years and with just body image in general and just everything. And the more that I got into this deep work with inner child and parts work and mental health, only then did I truly transform the things that I was struggling with for so long that I was searching for answers for for so long, for so long. So that's why I'm so passionate about talking about this and why I talk about it on my my TikTok and I and I move away from, you know, counting calories and what you can eat and this, that. Like I show you guys that kind of stuff, like in terms of what I'm eating and healthy food and stuff like that, because it's all about wellness, right? But I think it's so important, this type of work, because this has been my own journey and I think it's the most transformative. It's really, really getting to the root cause of why you're doing the things that you're doing. And I want you guys to glow up into the best version of yourselves. And I don't want you to, I don't want to tell you, oh, you can fix all your problems by just dieting. No, that's not going to fix your problems, babe. Anyways, I love you so much. Subscribe to me on YouTube, follow me on podcasts, follow me on Instagram, all the platforms, all the things. If you want 15% off Vitae Apparel, you can check the link in my bio on my Instagram and you can see the sets. Their workout fitness sets are so beautiful. That company is very self-love, body positivity vibes. I really, really like them. So if you want that too, Alicia 15. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. I love you so much and have a good day.